Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Wednesday Conversation. I'm Bethany Gilbert and I'm here with Pastor Bob Thune and Pastor Dusty White of Coram Deo Church and Pastor Chris Hemmelman of First City Church. Every Wednesday we sit down to talk about how the gospel of Jesus Christ connects to the questions and issues of everyday life. And today we're doing a summer check-in because we're all here. Finally, like welcome back, back, you all. Yeah, and good to be back. Yeah. Man, I've been a little lonely the past few episodes. By the way, before we do that, this podcast is sponsored by mm. no one. Don't you love listening to a podcast where there's no ad no breaks? Ads. There's no like little plugs for athletic greens or better <laughs> help therapy or whatever, you know. Better help the, is getting a lot. Better of help's on every podcast I've ever heard. So this podcast is just free. We just, we just do it because we love you listeners. When you first started saying that, I don't think I appreciated the full weight of what you were saying until I start. I've started to listen to podcasts a little more regularly, and I'm like, "This is annoying." It is. So I I take what you say as like, "Yeah, that's actually that's a good thing." So enjoy it, listeners. That's ad right. free. Ad free. No one brought owns to us. you by nobody, but fueled by. Oh, fueled though by Jason, our friend Jason brought us barbecue for snacks today, and I here's what I appreciate about this particular snack on this particular day. Jason texted me this week. Jason is is well known within our church circles. He 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 does beautiful things, smoking meat. He's sort of a hobbyist barbecue guy that has like a trailer. He's one of those guys that has a smoker trailer and stuff like that. He's he's the real deal. And he texted me and said, "Hey, listen, I can't abide the idea that what makes barbecue good is the beans. So I'm just going to bring you yeah. guys some barbecue this yes. week." <laughs> yes. Which I feel like is a rebuke to our other listener, Sean. So now we're kind of starting a little intramural podcast fight between those two factions within our podcast listenership. But I, I personally just like that. Jason was like, hey, I'm not going to let beans be the com- be yeah. the conversation. So he brought us some brisket. That brisket was legit. Also to Sean's defense, <laughs> I've had Jack stack beans twice now because of him. Yeah. So well, they're good. I mean, you know, they are good. They're just not the, the reason course. you should go to a barbecue restaurant, but that's okay. We can, I mean, we've already had that debate. So this, the camps will stay aligned where they are. There are certain people in our listenership that really are on board with the beans being the thing and others that aren't. So thanks, Jason, for for fueling the Wednesday conversation today. Well, Bethany, what do you want to talk about? I, I, I make Bethany come up with the questions for these check-in episodes because I think she asks good questions. Yeah, we're going to just see what you guys have been up to this summer and we'll we'll kick it off by, I think, everybody's favorite question, which is, what are you reading? Wow. I want to know what Chris Elliman's reading. 1984. Really? Or rereading. Orwell. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. don't know if I've ever read that book. I think I've read sections of it. And I think I had to read it in high school, but I, I read it like a high schooler would read it. Yeah. <laughs> it was you just know, like, what do I need to know? It's, and it's, you know, people cite it and they quote it. They allude to it, even if they haven't actually read it. I wouldn't necessarily say it's the best written book. I mean, it's very thoughtful, very insightful in some ways. But if you compare it to like Fahrenheit 451 or Brave New World, I think those books are actually written better, but it is definitely a, an intriguing read in some ways and scary how relevant in some ways it is too. What made you decide to pick it up? And uh, I'm assuming read it again. Yes. Because I feel uh, like everybody read it in high school. Yeah. And I used when I taught high school English, I would teach it uh, to my seniors. So I've, I've read through it a few times. Um, actually it, partly just out of interest, sometimes I'll just randomly grab a novel, but partly is, it's for preparation for a talk that I'm going to be giving for TCA. Nice. Nice. So that's, it's, it's a little bit part enjoyment, part work. Nice. Mm. 
Uh, do you have other like? Do you have other books that you just haven't gotten? You seem like a guy that like if you're going to go on vacation, <laughs> you're probably taking three or four books with you. You know what I actually did this time on vacation is we are so the church gets the Atlantic Christianity A um, World Magazine, and I was like four or five months behind on the Atlantic. So I just took all like the past four months and just took them home and read the Atlantic. That's mostly what I read nice. over over vacation, and it was great. Yeah, there's just so many different. I I have not appreciated the wealth of various articles in the Atlantic. Typically I read like the headlining story and a couple other things, but there's just random things that I didn't even care to know about, but I just read it just for, cause it was fun. Did you read the article on the baseball pitch clock? I didn't read that, that one my, yet. That, yeah. I think that's in the okay. most recent one. That was, that was one of my favorite. <laughs> Did you see the one about the ice cream, the study of ice cream? No. How time after time, after time, after time, <laughs> these studies keep showing that um, it is actually good for diabetics to eat ice cream because it like lowers, does, does something to their metabolism and scientists have no idea why that is, Wow! but it keeps popping up in the research and, and it's been suppressed for like, like 30 can't tell, you can't tell people eat ice cream. <laughs> so it was this fascinating study, one of like, and some of the dynamics of like science and, but, but also just this fascinating thing of like ice cream of all things. So hmm. that was one of the fun reads. Dusty. Yo. Reading anything interesting? I'm reading a few things. Uh, I'm reading Ray Ortland's uh, pornography book, Men of Integrity or Building Noble Men, whatever his title is there, with one of my sons, uh, my 14-year-old son. So I'm reading that. And then I'm reading Where the Light Fell, which is Philip Yancey's basically autobiography. Mm. He was a popular guy in the 90s that wrote these two big books in the 90s. Uh, the Jesus I never knew and what's so amazing about grace. The mm -hmm. what's so amazing about grace is the one that put him on the map. I think the most in the late nineties, I've read neither of those, but it was recommended to me by a mentor to read this book. He has like a super crazy upbringing. And so I'm reading that. Um, and then I read, I read Keller's forgive book with our care and counseling team. And then I've recently repicked that back up just to thumb through the back of it. The back. Oh, because he's got a bunch of like he's little appendices like, in there. Yeah. Yeah. Appendix. It's really helpful. He's got super helpful stuff at the end of his books, or at least that one. Yeah. On here's how to apply these things. So yeah, I do remember that. And I've been I've been reading he 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 mentioned Psalm fifty one in there. I'm preaching on that depending on when this gets aired. So I've I've re referenced some of his work in there. Nice. I have a broken arm, as you can see. Still. Still. I've been in a cast for six weeks. Which means I have a huge stack of books because basically all I can do is read. <laughs> I can't do a lot else. Uh, so I th I can't even remember. Bethany, I can't even remember all the books I've read this summer. That's how. That's wow. We're that, we're that deep. I just do read you not, so do you much. Keep track we're that deep. Of all the books you read anywhere? Mm, no, I don't. Really? Yeah. Oh. I just sort of put them on a stack and go. That was good, and then I move on to the next one. Mm -hmm. um, Maybe that stick out. I there's a few. So I read. Um, a book by Joseph Minich called Bulwarks of Unbelief. It's a it's a doctoral dissertation about sort of disenchantment and what it, his his aim is to figure out what what is it about our modern about modernism that sort of makes unbelief easier. He's like everybody says this is true that we live in this disenchanted age and that you know uh, religious belief is more contested than it's ever been. And he's trying to sort of get underneath that and say, why is that? What, what, is, what is it about our modern way of thinking that sort of makes unbelief particularly easy? 
And so I thought the question was interesting. It's a very hard book to read. It's it's written like a dissertation. Yeah, very dissertation-y. <laughs> no one, I will recommend it to no one on this podcast because people will give me all kinds of grief about like, that book was terrible. I couldn't even, you know, it's just like one of those books you can't really, he's a thoughtful, intelligent person you can tell, but just not a, not an accessible writer. So mm. hopefully I'll be able to distill some of those ideas into preaching and, and writing. I, I'm glad I read it, but I, it's, it's hard. It's a hard book to recommend. Mm. Uh, although you would like it because he, He's a little, he, he taps around some of the questions I think that you're interested in around like material conditions. Like mm, what is it okay. about, not just ideas, but about the material reality of the world we live in that makes unbelievable. And actually hit one of his yeah. big arguments is that technology, meaning not just like phones and computers, but like our addiction to just efficiency and making life functional. We, we, we bought into this idea that <clears throat> kind of, if there's anything wrong with the world, we can probably fix it if we just try hard enough. And yeah. so that just makes yeah. the, it, the way he describes it is we used to relate to the world as an agent. And now we relate to the world as something to be managed, mm. which is interesting. You think about like, yeah. you know, natural disasters used to be like, well, the world, I mean, there's just a tornado. What can you do Yeah. now? It's like, well, how could we, <laughs> how could we build buildings better so that that's not even a problem, you know? Yeah. So, it's a fascinating, it's got some fascinating ideas. Sorry. That's a little, you didn't ask me, what did I take away from the book? You just asked, what was I reading uh, right at this moment, right at this moment, I am finally reading N.T. Wright's The Resurrection of the Son of God, uh, which is amazing, fantastic, helpful, long, uh, but man, it's the kind of book I really enjoy reading. Yeah. So I, I like, have not read that, that. That's definitely one of those that I think I it's like the, I mean, it's the one, it's the one everybody says, this is N.T. Wright's sweet spot. You know, the, the joke about N.T. Wright is he gets justification wrong, but he gets the resurrection right. That's kind of like the shorthand way of mm -hmm. thinking about uh, some of Wright's work. And I think it's right on. I mean, his stuff on the resurrection is just really brilliant. And uh, so I'm enjoying reading that book. But it's, again, kind of a big, thick theological book. Also reading Killer Angels with my high school daughter, which yeah. is a historical fiction novel about the Civil War. Mindy's reading that right now. Fascinating. Really well-written book. I really like it. Killer Angels. Killer Angels. Check it out. What are you reading, Bethany? I just got back from vacation where I always try to find a good fiction book to read. And the one that I picked up is called Remarkably Bright Creatures by Shelby Van Pelt. And it was just a lovely, lovely little book about an octopus. Wow. <laughs> which... I read the plot. I had some friends that we kind of do like a a little bit of a book club type thing, which is more like one of us texts the other and says, hey, I'm reading this and I think you guys would like it. So read it. And then we all attempt to try to read it at some by some point in time and then talk about it. But this was one of them. And I read the plot and I was like, there's no way I'm going to like this book. But it was actually just a really lovely little story about a woman who's uh, husband and son had died and she cleans at an aquarium out uh, in the Pacific Northwest and there's an octopus there. And yeah, that's all I'm going to say because it's a really great book <laughs> is, and you guys should read it. Is the story from the perspective of the octopus uh, or it, do you get his... You get like little, a little bits and pieces of it. It's, I think my mom read this. Yeah. She was telling me about this Yeah, book. it's from like... It, Covers about, I think, like three characters, three different characters. The octopus is one of them. Okay. But yeah, it was a great little book. 
I'm, I'm trying to figure out how you'd write from the perspective of an octopus. I never thought about that that's before. That's exactly what I thought. And <laughs> I was very skeptical, but I, All right. yeah, it was great. Solid. Great little book. I just hear that Beatles song, The Octopus's Garden, in the background. Yeah. The time talking. <laughs> yeah. That was the Beatles weird phase, yeah. right? <laughs> Super odd. Yeah. It's when they could write anything and people are like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay, next question. We're gonna I'm gonna lump this into two. What are you watching slash listening to? Because maybe you don't watch anything and you just listen to stuff. Thank you for asking that. I I, I feel like that's <laughs> I a underhanded underhanded way of including me in the conversation. Yeah. yeah, I am really bad at watching stuff. And so I sat down the other night and my kids were with the remote and my kids were like, Dad, you're gonna watch TV. And I just don't watch a lot of TV. I have to like commit to something to its entirety. So like TV's down, weird now yeah. too, because it's like you have to watch like a whole series and it's very long. I don't know. I also it's don't want to make a bunch of decisions. I feel like I make decisions all day. I don't need to make decisions about what I'm going to watch, you know? So, but all that to be said, I did watch full swing, the golf documentary oh, yeah. that follows golfers through golfers. These are the thing now, all these yeah. documentaries. Yeah. Do you say yeah. golfers? Yeah. Everyone who plays golf just got offended. Mm -hmm. So I did watch that and that was fascinating. Yeah. Partly because I'm at this point with golf, Bob, that I either need to quit golf completely. <laughs> everybody's at this point. Or get better. Or, or like totally just, commit to it. Or just commit better. and take lessons and get better. Everybody's so, at that point every day. I know. <laughs> well, I might be really at that uh, crossroads. I recognized early on golf was never going to be my sport. And so I just... Nope. <laughs> what's, what's terrible about golf is if you take a lesson and then do those things, you get better. So then you're like, wait, I could do this. I, I think I can do it. Then you can't remember those things the next time you go. I've been watching a lot of 30 for 30 ESPN documentaries because nice. they're free now on whatever service I have. So I watched a bunch of those there. Some of them are not very interesting. Some of them are super interesting. That's what I've learned from watching some of those. Uh, been watching the Ken Burns Civil War documentary. You're go, all on the Civil along, War yeah, right to here. To go along with yeah. the buzz, like, well, might yeah. as well watch the Ken Burns documentary. <laughs> yeah. So I've been watching that. Um, been listening to, I've been trying to listen to a lot of um, interviews with people who are running for president since there's like a hundred of them, you know. <laughs> just like, well, I'm just going to, you know, I should probably know a little bit about each of these people. So I've been trying to like, Barry, Barry Weiss has done some interviews with folks on the Free Press or the Honestly podcast. Um so, I, I, yeah, I've been trying to catch whatever. I think um, there's a few others. But anyways, I've been trying to listen to those as I can. Not like in a like, a, oh, I'm all in on the political process because I realize that's going to, I'll be frustrated by that by about a, a few months from now. Mm -hmm. But I have been trying to get familiar with just like who's out there and who's running and what do I need to know about them? So that's been interesting. Yeah. So over vacation, Mindy and I started, I think binge watching is probably a fair way to put it because we watched a lot of episodes uh, the show called White Collar. So it it came out, I don't know, like 2009-ish and ran for like six seasons. So it's it's been over for a while, but it's- And none uh, of us have still ever heard of it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't think it's like a terribly popular show, but um, it the premise is, is that there is, it's the white collar unit of the FBI and this one agent arrests this- Dusty um, used to work for those guys. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. He arrests this kind of world-class con man, forger, art thief, and they end up using him as like a consultant to help him solve cases. And so 
it's kind of the, that. So there's like each, each episode, there's like a crime they're solving, but there's also the great relationship between the agent and kind of the con man and that they kind of had this brotherly relationship. So it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, it's not as dark and full of like a lot of the junk that a lot of modern dramas have. So it's, it's actually a pretty easy watch. Hmm. Um, and actually the characters, the main character, the, one of the things I really appreciate about the show is his, the, one of the kind of core parts of the show is his relationship with his wife. And they're like super close. They have a really healthy marriage, very devoted to each other. And so there, there's a, for a modern show, it actually has a lot of um, good quality elements to it. So we've enjoyed that. I've also been listening to, so this is, <laughs> along with reading 1984, I have been listening to a lot of science fiction story podcasts. So kind of serial episodes and kind of f- fell into this somewhat uh, kind of related to some things that I've been thinking about related to kind of the nature of our humanity and science fiction often gets into some of those issues as good as anything else outside of like heavy theology or philosophy. So I've been kind of perusing through various stories and some have been good. Some have been like, eh, I'm, I'm giving up on this after an episode or two, but that's kind of what else I've been listening to. Nice. What about you? Uh, so while on vacation, uh, my husband and I have a tradition each night to that we sit and eat ice cream and watch a movie and we try to pick like a theme of movies, whether that's like they're all going to have this one actor in it or something. I don't know how we landed on this, but we watched through all of the Oceans yeah. movies, like Oceans 11, 12, go. and 13, which Oceans 11, such a good movie. So good. Oceans 12 is trash. <laughs> Oceans 13 is better than Oceans 12, but still not as good as Oceans 11. We didn't get to eight because... uh um, I don't even know why, but we didn't watch eight. Um, and then out of nowhere, I don't even know how the last movie that we ended up watching while on vacation, I don't know how we picked it. And it has nothing to do with oceans 11 or whatever was twister. Mm, wow. <laughs> when was the last time you that watched is twister an old movie? Yeah. Wow. And it, it doesn't really hold up. It's actually <laughs> hilarious. So <laughs> especially if you live in the Midwest, you should watch twister again awesome. and laugh, but yeah. It was like cutting edge at the time, right? right. Like the I, effects and the all that. We were both like, I remember watching this like 20 times with my friends and I thought it was awesome. And we're like, it's rival storm chaser gangs. <laughs> <laughs> and Philip Seymour Hoffman's in it. And you're just like, what is this? This is weird. Storm chasers are a different breed. It's, Yeah. So that's, that's honestly what I've been Is watching. there a way that I can get you and Alan to watch all the Lego movies on your next vacation? <laughs> Probably. Wow. Can, we, we, can Probably. I just raise my hand and say, hey, next yeah. vacation, all the Lego we'll watch movies. watch all the Lego movies. How many are there, Bob? I don't know. It's <laughs> but like Bob's a, seen all of them. You, oh, yeah. should, you should watch all the Mission Impossible movies. <laughs> Alan wow. would love that. <laughs> Tom, Tom Cruise's whole acting career. <laughs> His whole acting <laughs> career. Yeah. I say that because we, Mindy and I went and saw the newest one. You did? Oh my goodness. It I is. Heard, it's phenomenal. I hear like, mixed reviews. I've heard, I've heard great it. and I've heard trash. Those well, it's, <laughs> it's clunky in a few spots. I mean, some of the dialogue's a little clunky. There's a few spots, but the, the action sequences are. Well, of course. You're, I mean, it's just. <laughs> They're all it's like, I like, I felt like I got off a roller coaster ride when we left. Like it was, it was just that intense. And it's kind of, I think it's kind of creative, creative with some of the current zeitgeist and who the villain is and all this stuff. So I, I thought it was great. Crazy people die here. 
Mm. You can't spoil the movie. I'm just saying. It's what I heard. It's I haven't Tom been. Cruise. I haven't been. But I just that was the review I heard. Does Tom Cruise do, have any crazy, crazy stunts? Yes. He drives a motorcycle of off a cliff. And, of and base jumps. Like oh with the with the parachute. He's insane. Apparently he trained amazing. for a year to do that stunt. Can yeah. you imagine like one year of your life for a one stunt? stunt. After yeah. he got out of the plane from all the Maverick movies. I can't. Just having just broken pull. my arm recently, I, I don't. I don't ever want to do a stunt. That's just, <laughs> yeah, I used to think that was cool, and now I'm like, nah. It's, I'm <laughs> what old, are you trying to prove? Too old for Tom? that, Tom. Come on, man. <laughs> Not Tom, man. All right. Next question. What are you guys studying, if anything? Wow. I like that. That's a different question than what you're reading. I just assume we're preparing for fall preaching series, things like that. I don't know. I am. I've I've been. Well, I've been studying some political theology this summer, just trying to sort of think that out a little bit. Yeah, you have. I've been studying um, some on uh, liberalism and its related themes, post-liberalism and et cetera. And I've been studying um, Philippians. Well, I guess I, I can't really say I've been studying Philippians. I'm getting ready to study Philippians. I've been doing some been prelim reading, reading. Yeah, but not not a ton of study. Yeah. You guys going to preach through Philippians? Yeah. yeah, that's the plan. Nice. It's in the New Testament. It is in the New Testament. Uh, I've actually been, I think you could say this is studying. I've been mostly studying Psalms and not the Psalms that we were preaching through. Like just some of the classic Psalms. It's kind of devotional study through the summer. Another friend of mine and I are going through the same book that just Ray Ortland's highlighting all of his favorite Psalms. And so we're devotionally reading those together, studying those. And uh, I did kind of a deep dive on repentance with Jack Miller's book again and um, other sources out there on repentance, things like that mm -hmm. in light of the Psalm 51 sermon. Um, but that's about it. You guys are in the fifties for the mm -hmm. Psalm. I, I coming back from vacation stepped into we're in the Psalms. We're in the thirties right now. And, uh, so to, to kind of get my head space there, I read through not the entire book, but a good chunk of Robert Alter's book on the Psalms, how to read the Psalms and just kind of looking at them kind of linguistically and how to study the poetry. And so that was, that was a fun read. Uh, we talked about his work on yeah. narrative, um, a few months ago, but so reading that, but really since the beginning of this year, I have been doing a lot of focused reading on just kind of the theology, philosophy, uh, sociology of what it means to be human. So that that's kind of been my year project. Uh, and so mm. a lot of the reading that I've been doing has been kind of centered on that. Hey, by the way, <clears throat> I mean, I, I mentioned this, but you were gone, but the Abigail Favalli book, I really enjoyed. Yeah. Genesis Gen of gender. The Genesis of gender. Yeah. So, and the Bovink biography, both of those, you get credit for recommending both of those <laughs> books to me. Oh, so. hey, I do what I can. So thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she's a great writer. I think that was the thing I appreciated. It's a well-written book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you recommended that book to Alan, and he yes. loved it. It's just so well-written. It's easy to read. It's just you don't. It's hard to find somebody who's a good thinker and also a good writer. Those. It seems to me like I, I spend a lot of time in the publishing world. There's a lot of bad writers <laughs> yeah. out there. People who are like, I'm sure you have good things you want to say. You just don't write well. Yeah. And so when I read when I read somebody, I'm like, man, this book is a joy to read. I really. I recommend it a lot because I'm just like, man, I, I respect that. Somebody who just can write well. All right. Last question. What's making you happy right now? What's something that's making you happy? 
That's kind of a weird question, but everybody's sitting back to the microphone like, well, I mean, (laughs) I don't know. I am thoroughly enjoying the weather this summer. Wow. Which is which is not necessarily something you can say in the summer in Nebraska, but I I have felt that this summer has been very pleasant. Like been able to sit outside most nights, even sit outside during the day. And it hasn't been I mean, there's been some hot days, but it hasn't been overly hot. Overly humid. Maybe it's because I spent all last summer in Florida. <laughs> yeah, <that could laughs> Where be. after 7.30 in the morning, you really can't be outside unless you're in the water. But I, and so Mindy and I have just been taking a lot of walks, a lot of hikes, um, going out at night and enjoying the sunset. Like, so I just have been really in love with kind of this Midwestern summer. That's given me a lot of joy. I like that you said that as like half of the lower half of the country is like getting scorched right now. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. I am enjoying the fact that we painted our house and we being you, we being me. <laughs> well, JC helped a little bit. Do you want to come paint my house? Cause we I need took, to get our house painted no, this summer. No, no, I took, although I would, Dusty it's had some so serious equipment. He had some serious equipment. I rented a lift. I borrowed a sprayer Man. actually from a guy in your church. Uh, nice. it was, it was, it was a intense six and a half days. I mean, it was a grind, but the, you got to understand the reason I appreciate it is because the house we have it's always been barn red because it was a farmhouse. And when I was a kid, this house, this house was red, you know, so they could find it in the winter on top of the hill. Well, guess what? There's a whole neighborhood built up around it. So it doesn't need to be red anymore. It's always been red. It's kind of, it's already an odd house. You decided to go lot. different. Yeah. You went a different direction. Switch it up. So I'm enjoying the fact that we decided to do that. We did do it. We conquered it. I felt like it was a, a, a big undertaking. What color did you paint it? Navy blue. Nice. Yeah. And I'm also enjoying some unhurried evenings. I feel like I've had more unhurried evenings this summer. I took a two week, basically a two week time off, um, which lent to a lot of unhurried evenings when I wasn't painting. And uh, yeah, been at your house a little bit, Bob. Yeah. Just hanging out, doing things, hanging with friends, family. I, I got a few like simple things making me happy than some deeper things. Simple things, uh, actually just this, <laughs> I, so backstory, I broke, I broke a lot of bones on May 5th. A lot okay. of things. <laughs> I, I fractured two ribs, pelvis and my right wrist. So I've been basically recovering all summer. There's a whole se- sequence of that time where I couldn't walk. Then since then I've been able to walk, but in very limited ways with lots of pain. Actually just walking is a joy. Mm. Like I realized like, man, there's things you take for granted until you can't do them. So actually just getting to walk my dog around the block makes me really happy. She's like, man, I enjoy this. So I've learned to not take things like that for granted. And that makes me happy. Uh, I've been some people <laughs> in the midst of my uh, injuries. I don't know. I think people, certain friends of mine perhaps are just wanting to show kindness in certain <laughs> ways. And so they've they've bought me a couple of bottles of bourbon. Uh, if you're a teetotaler, you can fast forward through this part. But I've really been enjoying uh, sipping a nice glass of bourbon every once in a while uh, with friends and uh, trying some very interesting, different takes the pain bourbons. away. <laughs> <laughs> Take the edge off I mean, there, the pain. <laughs> it's certainly there's a reason why the Cowboys drink the whiskey when they have a That's bullet right. wound. But yeah. uh, but more than that, it's just uh, it's it's sort of the complexity of flavors and stuff like that is enjoyable and interesting. Uh, on a on a more deep and um, significant note, my son's getting married in three weeks. Uh, that's bringing me a lot of joy. Just sort of. Um, 
seeing my kids thrive, you know, there's sadness that comes with that. Cause it's like, you're, you're saying goodbye to one season of life and moving into a different one. And so there is certain kinds of, uh, mourning that come with that, but also some joy that just comes with like seeing your kids make a significant decision and going like, Oh, I'm, I'm glad, like, I like the person you're marrying and I'm excited that you're stepping into this new season of life. And so, um, that's bringing me a lot of joy in this season. That's awesome. Um, I was going to kind of, kind of piggyback off of Chris's, like it was like also the weather, but, uh, yeah, like I've said, we were on vacation last week and we were out just enjoying the creation of the Pacific Northwest and man, I just like, I, I love creation. I love the ocean and the mountains and I was just reflecting while we were there of just how like beautiful everything was and how you know it just speaks to God's creativity and I just really love that but um yeah also the fact that I was actually kind of like normally coming back from vacation I get a little sad but I was we landed in Omaha even though it was so humid and and very warm I was like man I really love Nebraska and I really love Omaha and I'm so glad that we live here so I don't know weirdly weirdly living in Omaha is making me happy yeah that away it's good to hear can I can I throw out a Joseph Minnick idea and see if this resonates with you because in light of what you said and what Chris said I find this interesting that book I read the bulwarks of unbelief said that when our ancestors were mainly surrounded by the natural world that inclines itself to a greater sense of the divine mm. because you're surrounded by things you didn't make. Mm. And his argument is now that most of us live in cities and we're surrounded by entirely man-made environments, except for things like trees, you know, but like all, if you, you're surrounded by buildings and sidewalks and streets and things that human beings have constructed, that, that he believes that sort of like inclines us just to not think about God mm-hmm in the same kinds of ways because we're not sort of confronted with nature. Mm-hmm. And it just made me interesting of like, oh yeah, yeah, there is something when you're really in a place that's very naturally beautiful and where sort of the man-made creation kind of recedes and you're sort of surrounded by beauty. I think there is a sense in which you just feel a deeper sense of transcendence. Yeah. I often wonder, especially when we're like in Colorado or just, yeah, out somewhere beautiful. I, I often have this thought of like, I wonder if anybody has like, been converted just by nature alone like didn't didn't talk to anyone didn't have anyone like evangelized to them or anything but just like was in nature and was like there has to be like there has to be a god i mean the romantics were onto something they were mm-hmm. they they knew something about there was something about nature that was divine and kind of put you in touch with that so i yeah absolutely um the last weekend that we were on vacation, I, I got away from Omaha and did a kind of a personal retreat. And I was just driving in like between small towns in Nebraska at sunset. And it was, you know, Nebraska sky, you can see forever and just this beautiful sunset. And it was, it was definitely a worshipful moment. So absolutely what you're saying, Bob. You want to hear the most interesting conversion story that I've ever heard? It wasn't someone getting converted from nature, (laughs) but it was someone getting converted from watching a movie, which is kind of interesting. This guy, Alex, that I discipled when he was a student at the University of Texas, became a Christian from watching the movie Contact. Yes. (laughs) Wow. Do you remember that movie? Yeah. Jodie Foster Foster and Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. 
doing the only thing Matthew McConaughey can ever do in a movie, which is to just talk like he talks and talk you amazing. Know. Yeah. Wasn't, was he a priest in that movie or <clears throat> was, religious yeah. leader? Yeah. But what Alex, so Alex watched that movie and it's a science fiction kind of movie and plays with the idea of time travel and extraterrestrial life and all of that. And he watched, he said, he told me this was his conversion story. He was a hardcore agnostic. He watched that movie with friends. It kept him up that night because he realized I actually can't explain. There are things I just can't explain. Like, I don't know everything mm-hmm. that there is to know. And it actually is possible that there are things out there that I don't, that my experience does not yet comprehend. And he got from there to like, therefore God exists. Therefore, he <laughs> became a Christian from watching contact. And I was like, that's a cool conversion story. So sometimes what we watch and read and mm-hmm. listen to actually can have a profound effect on how we think about the world and how we think about reality. Yeah. Those are all my questions. You guys have anything else? You just need to tell everybody. <laughs> Thank you listeners for being kind, warm hearted listeners of our podcast. Thanks for emailing back and sending ideas and engaging with some of the stuff we talk about. We do like every once in a while just to, to do a podcast on, yeah, what are you, what's consuming your energies and attentions lately? So if you got, Hey, I want listeners to, to email if they have something we should read, mm-hmm. watch, or listen to. Don't, you know, give us a good reason why. Don't just say, like, here's my favorite thing. <laughs> it's got to be like, good. It's got to, yeah, give us a reason. of like, hey, here's something you should read or listen to, and here's why. The, the problem with my reading this summer, this is the question you didn't ask, but <laughs> should have asked Bethany, is how many new books did you buy based on the books you've read that now is a oh. stack that you have. <laughs> it's the worst. Because yeah, I have like is a 12 problem. books right now. They're like, I read it. It was in a footnote. And I was like, oh, it sounds like an interesting book. And so I literally have just, I've bought more books than I've read this summer, which is my my weakness. Now I have, now I have a lot more reading to do. There's a yeah. whole section in my office that says to be read. Yeah. It's, it's a bad problem. <laughs> you know what? You break your arm or your leg like me. You can <laughs> crack through a few of those. I don't wish that on you, but it's it's one way to make some progress on your reading list. The goal of this podcast is to equip our own church for discipleship and mission. So if you're a Christian or a church leader in another context, we thank you for listening in and we pray that this conversation might be helpful to you as you minister in your context. We love to hear from listeners. So if you have any recommendations on things we should watch or listen to or read, send them to podcast at cdomaha.com. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next Wednesday for another episode of the Wednesday Conversation.